0: Well, good morning, everybody. Wow. Um, isn't it so good to be in the house of the Lord? And um, the cool thing about it is now, because I haven't been at a, um, I'm going to get to my word, but I want to talk to us before I kind of get into this, is, is uh, on Sunday mornings now, my family is able to sit where you sit. And we work weekly, and then our Sundays is where you sit. So we know what it's like to juggle a, a work, you know, work schedule, and then you got the kids, and my kids are in baseball, my little ones are playing softball, and that's what, my family's actually up north as they're playing baseball today, going to church and then baseball, but I know what it's like to sit where you're at, and you can come in, and, and you could be tired from the week, or maybe you had a, a, a rough time at work, or maybe you're just working on your family, but I'm going to tell you this, coming on Sundays really does help. Coming on Sunday just helps. Watch. You're, you're going to leave, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be done, and you're going to leave, and you're going to go, man, I'm, I'm glad I came. I just needed that. I, I came in kind of like, uh, but I just needed a word from the Lord. Let's keep moving. Come on, say amen. amen. So I want to open up the word of God to you just for a couple minutes here and, and just hopefully encourage you from what, what God would say to you. That's number one. Uh, uh, number two, it's good to be home with you guys. It's always good to be home. Uh, 36, huh? Uh, who's, who's ahead? He is? These guys are in my youth group. These guys were in my youth group when, uh, when I was a youth pastor here. He leaned over and said, Pastor Eddie, how old are you? I said, I'm not telling you. You don't know that. You don't get to find out that information. Pastor Carlos, is, uh, thank God he had a, a, a surgery. When I talked to him on Friday before he was going in. And uh, thank God it's worked out fine. So I want to do things. I want to pray for him. I'm going to pray for my message, and let's get into the word. Can we do that? Amen. Father, we thank you for Pastor Carlos, and we thank you for the time that <clears throat> he's given to Belmont Assembly over the many, many years. And we just pray for his back. Just, Lord God, for a total healing in that area, God. And that, Lord God, when this the procedure's done, but when it's uh, through the recovery time and when it comes out the other end, of, the, of it, I pray the Lord God, He'll get a clean bill of health. Yeah. And God, He'll be right on His way to do what you call Him to do. Second, God, I pray for the Word of God today. I ask that you would help me preach this morning with your anointing and with your effectiveness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yeah. So, Pastor Jason kind of made a joke a couple minutes ago about how this is the third spring. Now, I'm from California, we're not used to it snowing this late in April. So, when I woke up and there was like eight inches of snow on the ground, I was tripping, like, wow, where, where am I? Am I in Alaska? Like, where am I living? I know you're in Illinois. But on one of those days where the snow wasn't on the ground, it was a sunny day, my kids were in the backyard. I have four of them. My, my youngest kids are in the backyard and they're rolling in the grass and they're chasing each other down. We got a little hill on the side of our house, and my little kids are on their bikes and they're going, wee, and they're racing down. Just, they're not wearing helmets, so I'm kind of scared, you know. But they're racing down, and they're laughing and having a good time. And as I was watching them, uh, memories of my own childhood came back, and I began to think about the games that we played when we were kids, the games that we played in our neighborhood, because I lived in a neighborhood where there was about nine of us that grew up together all around the same age, all young kids together. And uh, we meet at my house, and nine of us would come together. And remember, you used to put your foot in the middle like this? Come on, all you people as old as I am, don't don't go into hiding now. All you old people are like, I never played that game. (laughs) Remember we put our foot in the middle? Eeny, meeny, miny. Catch a tiger. You're out. And the last person that either had their foot in there was it. And everybody else would run, and then you'd say something like, go, or "Let's, let's get it on. I don't know what we said back in the day. We didn't say that. No, that's... I'm thinking boxing. And we'd all run and you'd chase each other and if you got tagged, you had to freeze, remember that? Or you can reverse it and you chase somebody down and you can unfreeze them if you're a teammate, remember that? And so it was a game called tag. For you young people, you can't pay it on the internet. Okay, you gotta get outside and run. This generation would be texting each other, he's around a corner. <laughs> Take two steps to the left. Instagramming, getting, ah, oh, I got tagged. <laughs> Taking a photo of themself, playing. If you can't play, you got to get out and run. But it's a game of succession where if you tag somebody, they're free to go to the next stage, right? Go on. And I begin to think about that and how does that correlate to our walk with the Lord? It's very, very, it correlates very well, it connects. Because that's God's plan for us that are here today. That there are men and women of God that have gone on before us throughout the ages and are sitting here in the seats today, and they have either tagged you or they're gonna tag you, and then it's your part to fulfill what God has to do in your generation. You get tagged, and then you go out and do what God has called you to do. And as we begin to think about this, man, who in the scriptures can we look at to get an example of what it looks like to lead well, to walk well, and then to set up the next generation to live and to fulfill what God has called them to do? And I thought about the life of a man by the name of Joseph. So if you would turn to me real quickly or pull it up, it's going to come up on your scripture, on the, it should come up up there. We're going to read this together. If you have your Bible, I make it a habit now. I just bring my Bible to church with me because it's so easy just to have, uh, have it on my phone. But I bring my Bible because I want to see it in the Scripture when I read. If you would turn to Genesis, chapter 41, verse 40, um, chapter, uh, chapter forty-one verses 41 to 46. It says, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command, and men shouted before him, Make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said, he's going to give him, I'm just going to kind of go down to the next one. He gave him a, a wife, a wife of high status. Verse 46, Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of the Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. Here we come upon the life of a man by the name of Joseph. And at this point in the story, Joseph comes into position of power. The Bible says that he comes into position of power second to that of only Pharaoh of Egypt now in that in that history in the context of the history right here, is Pharaoh was probably the most industrious, leading, strongest, most powerful government and pretty much global empire of that time and out of out of nowhere literally out of nowhere, this man comes from a prison cell and is given power to leave and live lead over Egypt. so the story is kind of crazy because. The young man doesn't start here, that's just the part where he begins to lead. The story, of the, the story of Joseph is that he is a slave before he comes to position of power. He is a mere slave before he comes to position of power. At a very young age, he was slowed, sold into slavery. His brothers didn't like him, thought he was cocky, thought he, was, thought he had, a, had, had lofty goals, thought he was kind of arrogant. They didn't like him. He gets sold into slavery. He goes from slavery and ends up in Egypt. And the story continues to move forward like that. There are many things in his life that were trying to stop Joseph to getting where God wanted him to be. And the crazy thing is, his life can look something like our life. Because in this room this morning, there's Greatness. In this room this morning, there's tasks that God has called each and every one of us to do or accomplish, and we're the only ones that can what? Do them. It sounds, it sounds so cliche, but it's not. It sounds so contrite, but it's not. It sounds so informal, but it's not. Literally, you got to understand something. I, I want you to listen from my perspective as I talk to you as someone who sits there as you do as well. But it's just as God has something for, for me to do, he has something great. For you to do as well. What has God called you to do? What has God called you to become? How do you get there? What does it look like? How do I get from here to there? Because I want to be what God wants me to be. So let's look at this. Let's look at the life of Joseph as we move into the context of what we're talking about today. The first thing is this Joseph had the making of a great leader in him when he was a young man. Joseph had the makings of a great leader in him even as a young man. Joseph was born into a family where they taught him about the things of God. He was born into a family where his parents taught him what it meant to know Yahweh, the God of heaven. And these principles were engraved inside of him as a young man. These principles were placed inside him by his parents. That's why it's so important that we, as the people of God, teach our kids the ways of God. Here's what I've learned. The youth pastor is not the biggest influence on a student. The parents are. I spent like five years here at Belmont. But as much as I loved your students, the biggest influence in your children's life is you. The way you talk, the way you teach, the way you treat them, how they see Jesus inside of you. And that's what happened to Joseph. We have to understand something that God spoke to Joseph when he was a teenager through dreams. See, God is always speaking to us. If we would open our ears or see the way God would have us to see or listen to what God would be saying, He's speaking the Bible says that when Joseph was a very young boy he had a dream that the stars of the heaven the moon and the Sun were bowing down to him he had a dream that these they they call them sheaves in the Bible where they would where they would harvest they would they would harvest the grain right they would harvest the grain and before they 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 separated the wheat from the chaff they would harvest the grain and they would tie it into bundles and these bundles stood yea tall and in this dream the Bible says that these sheaves were bowing down to Joseph and the stars in the heaven were bowing down to Joseph and he goes on to share his dream with his father and then he goes on to share his dream with his brother and everybody's angered by it he did not understand it but he's sharing his dream God was speaking to him at a very young age how was God speaking to you what ways are, what way is God trying to speak to you it sounds so cliche, but let me tell you something. As a man who's walked with the Lord for a while, and I've lived in America like you live in America, the number one way that God will always speak to you is through His Word. Yes. I can take a poll here today. And if you're truly trying to seek the Lord, and if you spend but five, 10, 15 minutes in your Word, I could take a poll here today. And you're, and you're honest with me, you would raise your hand and say, I feel better every time I, I'm done reading the Word of God. Yes. I'm strengthened. I'm encouraged, I feel vision, I feel powerful. Don't neglect the word of God. You know another way is that God speaks to you? It's through your husband and through your wife. If you're in a strong marital relationship where your husband and your wife are trying to help you be what God wants you to be, your biggest helper will be your husband or your wife. God will speak to your wife's husbands to help you be what God wants you to be. My wife does it all the time. My wife sent me a text the other day. I was on my job, and she sent me just a little text, a word from the Lord, like only she could. And it was a word from her, from God, to me. God is speaking. Are you listening? The third way that God is speaking is God will talk to the people of God that help lead us. Now, the biggest thing that's happened in America today is we get so offended so easily. We're offended so easily. This biggest thing is, the the, the common phrase is, don't judge me. You don't know me. I don't know you. Don't talk to me. But if you find somebody who has, stand in a position of leadership and with godly principles and, and, and walks in the character of God, and you've allowed them into your life, God will use that person to speak to you. And if they really love you, they're going to speak to areas that's going to help develop you. They're going to speak to areas and say, you know what, man, I see this in your life. And listen, I'm going to walk with you. I'm I'm not going to beat you up, but I'm going to walk with you. But this area of your life, man, you're just falling a little short. And I want to help you become what God wants you to be. But I can only do it if I speak to it. You say, I don't, what do you mean? It's simple as this. Pastor Carlos got diagnosed from his doctor that there was a deficiency, and an ailment in his back. Pastor Carlos is going to find healing because he listened to the doctor. God will speak to men and women of God because you have sickness or ailment in your spiritual walk, and they're going to speak life into you because they want you to get better. But sometimes when people challenge you, it's not always easy to hear it because no one wants to be challenged. But do we all want to be better? I can tell you this, I don't want to be older next year and be the same that I am today. I don't want to be 50 and be the same that I am today. I want to keep growing, but I've learned this, men and women of God, is you have to be open to what the voice of the Lord is saying to you. And you have to be receptive. Joseph, Joseph heard the voice of God. He heard the voice of God for his life, and he obeyed it. He heard the voice of God and he held on to it because there was something inside of him, there was something inside of him that was great. Not only does he hear the voice of God, Joseph, but you need to understand something. If you have greatness inside of you, people will see it. How many believe you have greatness inside of you? Come on, how many people you have greatness inside of you? And that's why you come to church, because sometimes when you come to the house of God, you feel heavy, and you need somebody to speak life into you, and tell you, I see what God sees inside you, to pull it out of you. His parents saw the greatness inside of him at a young age. See, God will put his hand on your life, and the men and women of God in your life will see it. And that's the reason why they speak over you, because they want to pull it out of you. They don't want to... Put you down or keep you back from going what God wants you to be. They want to pull out the greatness inside of you so you can be and walk in your fullest potential. His parents saw it in him. His parents recognized it at a young age. The hardest thing is, when you're a young man and a young woman, is if you have greatness inside of you and you feel like people don't see it. When you're a young man and, and a young woman and you have greatness inside of you and you're seeking the face of the Lord and you're, and, you're, and you're seeking after his face and you're in prayer and you're fasting and you're worshiping and you're walking right and you feel like, man, I should be here up on stage. I should be there up on stage. I can do what that worship leader does. I can do what that preacher does. I can do what that person does over here. I can lead a small group. I, I can lead over here. The hardest thing to do when you have greatness inside of you as a young man or young woman is Wait. The hardest thing to do is is to wait on what God's plan is for you. Because, let's bring it around, here he is at a young age, and he knows that he has greatness inside of you, but as we keep diving deeper in the story, he's patient. He doesn't force it. He doesn't push it. I'm going to tell you this, if you're here today and someone's prophesied over you, someday you're going to preach over thousands. Some pre- day you're going to hold crusades or I believe that God is going to use you to write worship or I believe that God is going to use you to speak in the prophetic realm or I believe that God is going to use you to, to take cities or to take towns or you're going to go overseas and be a missionary. I'm going to tell you that. That word is true. The word is true. But the worst thing you can do is try to push your way into that existence. I promise you this. If you're faithful to what God has called you to do at the right time, you, that prophecy will be fulfilled. You will speak in front of thousands. You will write worship. You will prophesy over nations. You will take cities. You will take towns. But the biggest thing you need to do is prepare yourself for what God has called you to do. The biggest thing you could do is prepare yourself for what God has for you. How about the rest of us? The biggest thing we can do is not let the enemy rob what he told you in the past. The biggest thing we can do is if God has spoken things in your life and given you promises the biggest thing we can do as the followers of God is don't let the enemy come in and steal it and rob it and take it I've learned this I keep going back to this cuz I'm used to talking to young people right and now I'm now I'm talking to people more my age and I'm more your age I'm not putting you down I'm here look I got it up here right I didn't have this when I first came here. But I'm with you. I realize this, that in here today, there are, young, there are some men and women in here that you have dreams and you have desires, but life has come and tried to force you down. There are things that God maybe had promised you as a 25 or a 30-year-old or even last year, but the enemy has tried to come in and hold you down. Those promises are true, and they're still yes and amen. I know I'm there. I'm with you. So Joseph had all these things at a young age. There was leadership. There was leadership in him, and he continued to cultivate it. He continued to build on it. The second thing we can see from here is Joseph didn't let his circumstances change the greatness in him. Joseph didn't let his circumstances change the greatness in him. Don't let your situation dictate who you are. Joseph gets sold into slavery. He ends up getting taken down to Egypt by these Ishmaelite traders. And he ends up in the house of a man by the name of Potiphar. Potiphar was in charge of the Egyptian guards. And the Bible said this, for years, everything that Joseph did in the house of Potiphar prospered. So he is now a slave, away from his family, betrayed by his brothers, doesn't know about his mom and dad, and he finds himself in the most horrific situation you can ever find yourself in, and the Bible clearly says that as Joseph lived in Potiphar's house, favor and everything that he did was blessed. Read the story. The Bible says that under his care, his owner Potiphar didn't worry about anything. The only thing he worried about what what he was going to eat for night at night or the or breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But everything else was under the charge of. Joseph. So what does that mean? We're going to always find ourselves in situations that don't look right. We're always going to find ourselves in situations that will befuddle the mind and don't seem logical. You say, man, I'm, I'm a follower of the Lord, and, and, and Jesus is my rock, and, and Jesus is my Savior. Why am I going through this hard time? I'm a, I'm a follower of the Lord. Why, why are my finances? Why am I struggling with my finances? That's another message. I'm not here, and that's not a bad thing, this is another message. I'm a follower of the Lord. Man, why is it that I can't get along with my my mother or my father? Here I am, I'm I'm 65, I still don't get along with my mom or dad. Or here I am, we've been moving from apartment to apartment because I just can't keep a job. And what happens is we allow our situation to dictate how we react in the spiritual realm. Let me break it down. Just because you walk through a hardship, it doesn't have to deflate who you are in the spirit. Just because you walk through a hard time, it doesn't have to deflate who you are in the inside. You speak to the outside of who you are in the inside. And that's what, that's what gets your coworkers' minds going because they're the, the new cycle is always doom and doom and gloom and doom and gloom. Something bad is going to happen. Something, and you walk into work, you're like, "Praise the Lord, man! I was at Belmont on Sunday. I don't. I'm doing good, you know, man. I was. I went to the house of the Lord. Wait a minute. Didn't you just, you know, didn't you just say your mom's sick and and she's she's not doing really well? My mom is sick, but bless God in the name of Jesus, she's going to get better. Are you with me, man? I've been working with my husband for years, I've been praying for him, and I'm seeing just a little bit of change, I'm gonna praise God for that little bit of change. But I'm not gonna let the, I'm not gonna let what I'm seeing on the outside dictate who I am in the inside. That is an American trait, that is not a kingdom trait. A kingdom trait says, I'm gonna praise God in a prison. A kingdom trait says, you can stone me, but I'm gonna get up and continue to preach the gospel. A kingdom trait says, it doesn't matter where i at, Everything that I do and touch, if I'm walking under the goodness of God, will be prosperous and will go forward under the anointing of God. Come on, say amen. Amen. Because greatness isn't based on your situation. Guess what? Greatness isn't also based on your location. It's not based on your location. If we keep the story moving forward, the Bible says that Joseph's a good-looking guy. And the wife takes notice of how good looking he is, and she makes a pass at him. The Bible says that he runs, she denies it, she accuses him, and Joseph ends up in prison, falsely accused. So he goes from being a slave, and now he's in one of the worst positions he can be. As a slave, the Bible says for three years he's in a slave. And now he's positioned in one of the most darkest, dank spots you can be in the world doesn't know where he's at. But you know what the Bible says? Are you ready for some more truth? The Bible says that under his leadership, the prison prospers. The Bible says that under his leadership, everything he touches, everything he leads, everything he does prospers and moves forward with the blessing of God. Ready for this? The Bible says that the warden didn't worry about a thing. As long as Joseph was in charge, everything's gonna be all right. Are you hearing me this morning? It's not about where you're living. It's not about where you are at the present moment. It's about who's inside of you. It's about who's living inside of you. And the Holy Spirit comes out, and everything around you becomes flowers and begins to grow and have life. It's like those movies you see, right? The movies you see where that that person has special magical powers, and when he walks, flowers come up and grass green grows, and he walks and grass green flows, and then he walks over and the sun comes over. It's kind of funny, right? But as we're living the spiritual life, that's how it should look in the spirit as believers. That wherever we're at, wherever we go, life unfolds, and we bring life to the people around us, and we bring life to our work, and we bring life to our family, and we bring life to the community that we live in. Doesn't matter where you're positioned, It matter who's positioned inside of you. Who's living here? Right? Now you're saying, Pastor Eddie, man, man, I know the story of Joseph, and, and I have heard the story before, I can finish the story. It's not about finishing the story, because so can I. We can play Bible quiz all day. Throw a story out, I'll finish it. Don't be a modern-day Christian. That's the modern-day Christian. The modern-day Christian says, I've heard this sermon, I can write the sermon, I can finish the sermon. That's modern-day Christianity. Christianity from heaven says, you know what? There's a new word for me every new day. I'm going to pull something out of this that when I walk out of here today, I'm going to be blessed and encouraged inside my spirit. Where you position yourself is very important. Man, there's another sermon in that too, but we're going to keep moving. (laughs) Everything he touched prospered and succeeded. The last thing that I pulled out of Scripture is Joseph was faithful I love this part. Joseph was faithful in every part of his life and his greatness was fulfilled. Joseph was faithful in every part of his life and his greatness was fulfilled. When he was enslaved, he stayed committed to the principles that God and his family had raised him on. This is so key. This young man finds himself. This young man finds himself away from his family, away from his mom, his dad. He finds himself away from all his his history, his present. He's in the middle of nowhere. This young man could have lived life like he wanted to. This young man could have lived however he wanted to, freely, no one to tie him down, no one to say, you know what, that's not how we live as Hebrews. That's not how we act as people of Yahweh. That's not how we talk as people of Yahweh. That's not people how we talk as the people of God. We don't act that way. Joseph could have lived and done anything he wanted. He could have started a whole new life. But check this out. He finds himself in the middle of nowhere. And the Bible clearly says that he stayed committed to the things that he was taught as a young man. He stayed committed to the things that God had spoken to him when he was a young boy. He did not waver. He did not move. He did not, he did not go to the right. He did not go to the left. He stayed focused on the things that his parents had, per, had put inside of him when he was a young man. It's for us. How do we live when no one knows who we are? How do we live when no one knows who we are? I'm going to venture to say we live like Joseph. We hold, we hold tight to the things of God. We hold tight to the scripture. We hold tight to the teachings of the Heavenly Father. We hold tight to what God has called us to do. How do we live when no one is, is looking? How do, we, how do we live when no one knows who we are? You ready for this? I talked about prophesying. I, I talked about lifting your voice. In this world that we live in today, prophecy, man, we believe in. it. I'm, I'm with prophecy. But the biggest way that we can impact our world, really, more than ever, is how we're living out our faith. Are you with me? The biggest way more than ever is how we live our faith. How are we living out there? Are we two people or are we the same? And praise God, that's why we're here today because we're not going to be two people. We're going to be the same no matter where we're at. But as we stand, we're, no matter where we're at, God is a, God's blessing is on our life and is allowed to move us forward. Another thing that I notice is his dreams came to pass. Joseph's dream that he had came to pass. Not only was he made leader over Egypt, but the famine that was in that, there was a famine in the land, got to fill in blanks, right? There was a famine in the land, and people were starving all over the world. And because he was such a smart man, he interpreted prophecy for the Pharaoh, that's why Pharaoh put him in charge, and then he began to save grain and store up grain because there was like seven days of Prosperity, I'm seven years of prosperity and seven years of drought, seven years of, of nothing. And the world around began to starve because there was a drought. And lo and behold, there's a, there's a man by the name of Joseph sitting in a position of power. And guess who walks in? His brothers. The very same people that doubted him, the very same people that said, You know what, man, you're, you think you're too good, you think you're better than us ended up coming in, and they had to bow before Joseph and said, man, we need your help. I said, well, how does that work out? What is, how is that going to encourage me? It's because when you stay steadfast to the things of God, God will bring about his promises to you. It works. I'm telling you, it works. If you stay steadfast to the promises of God, and you don't waver, you don't move. Listen, things don't happen overnight. I'm going to share this. When I was young, I was prophesied that I was going to speak to thousands, but I didn't chase speaking to thousands. I just chased after Jesus. I just wanted Jesus. Some of these young guys know, like Danny right here, man, many times me and Danny spent prayer when I was a youth pastor, just crying out to the Lord, crying out to God. I wasn't like, oh, God, I want to be a, a, a world-renowned speaker. Oh, Lord, I, I, I want to be on a big stage. Oh, God, I, I, I want to have the biggest uh, .com account where people can get on my page and, man, they can rack up all my sermons. I just want to be, I want to be known. I said, no, I want to be known by heaven. I want to be known by you. I want, I want the people of the city of Chicago to know Jesus and, and just crying out to the Lord, God, if people would just know you. And in those times of prayer, God would just begin to lay things out and pour things out in front of me. And I was scared by them. But I said, okay, it's, it's there. It's not here. But my job is to do what? My job is to hold on to the truth of the word of God. And not go this way or not go that way when waves come to try to rock me back or when storms try to come where I can't see I'm gonna stay focused on the promise of the Word of God and the waves came and the storms arose and I fell I fell to my knees and I began to fast and I began to cry out to the Lord I didn't go back to my old friends I didn't go back to my old relationship I kept moving forward to the things of God and then lo and behold these things began to unfold But it's not about seeking greatness about who you are, it's about seeking His greatness. And if we reveal His greatness and you hold on to His promises, the things He's spoken to will come to pass. Your family will get better. You will reconcile with your mother or father. Your finances will get better. Your marriage will heal. That school you're trying to get into, you'll get into. That job you're looking for, if God can prosper Joseph, can he prosper you? Yes. If God can prosper Joseph in the middle of a prison, how many think he can pro- prosper you in the middle of your office? With a nice laptop and a printer and a cushy chair. You got, you got something you could work with, right? But as the people of God, we stay focused to what God has called us on. And guess what's going to happen? God will bring it about. God will do it. God will make it happen. So it's like this, Joseph, the Bible says, ends up dying and he gets a royal funeral and people come from all over to honor him because he's a leader, he's a world leader and as he lays his head to rest, he goes to heaven to receive his reward, he's with God in heaven, receives his prize. And then he has his hand out, and he's like, tag, you're it. Saying, tag, you're it. And we can trace the lineage of Joseph all the way to Jesus. Ch- checks all the way up. And right before Jesus goes to heaven, he reaches out his hand to you and I and goes, tag, you're in. It's what's to drive us. It's, it's, it's right. It's so elementary, right? But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this, right? It's so elementary. Listen, young people. You're not going to walk in and go, wow, that was a deep thought by Pastor Eddie. You're not. It's not a deep thought, right? He's laughing because it's not a deep thought, but it's hard to do. It's not a deep thought. You're not going to go, wow, that was, whoa. But it's not an easy thing to do. Those that are hungry, those that are thirsty, not for themselves, but for what God wants to bring about in your lifetime, those that are hungry, those are the ones that are going to persevere and press through because Jesus tagged us and we're it. Can someone come up and do that thing? (laughs) We do it, right? Sounds good. For those of us that are Closer in age. There's stuff that God has for you to do in your workplace, with your family, around your neighborhood, with your coworker. There's something that God has placed on your heart that only you can do. And He's tagged you and said, You're it. What is it? What has God asked you to do? Because it's real. And I'm gonna tell you this, if you can hold on to what God has asked you to do, it'll drive you. It'll give you a reason to get up in the morning. It'll give you a reason to get in your word. It'll give you a reason to pray, right? Sounds so elementary, but sometimes the hardest thing to do is take 10 minutes out of your day and pray. What's that old saying, amen all by myself? Old school, right? But I want you to be encouraged because it's possible. The things that God has spoken to you, you remain faithful, they're going to come to pass. Nothing's insignificant. Can you stand on your feet? Nothing's ever insignificant. Jay, can I just say something, man, to you guys? When you guys were worshiping, man, there's a breakthrough coming. Man, it was like, it was so, Cause I travel, right, I lot of churches. And it was just heavy weight of his glory. And that's what you guys want, as worshipers. You want people to enter in. It's there. It was here. I'm saying it wasn't like, it wasn't here. It was here. You could feel it but there's more, it's just—it's right there Like, I saw it in the spirit so whatever it is God is asking just press in and bring everybody with you, it's there Arshad, you've been so faithful man, to lead worship for so many years awesome but Jason, yeah it's it's there, Jason, it's it's, it's there it's here it's just going to intensify it's just going to intensify church, can I tell you something, I'm going to wrap it up but what the worship is like here at Belmont—it's not necessarily everywhere at all, a lot of churches. It's this life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're not in competition, right? You get what you work for. It's free in the spirit, but you get what you work for. But there is there is a sense of God's presence when men worship was going on, and you can feel it now again, right? You guys are there. God. My, my brother June, I heard him in the back. Brother June, man, he's been here for so many years praying faithfully, leading faithfully. I call many of you guys out. To come back years later and still feel the presence of God in this room, it's, it's awesome. Why? Because God has given you a dream. And tag your in. God has given you a vision for your city. Tag your in. What is it? Go do it. Get so full of the Holy Ghost and go do it. Be what He's called you to be. Father, we come before you as we end today. And we thank you, Lord, that you've called us. We thank you, Lord, that there's something you place before everyone in this room that you've called us to chase after. You've, you've called us. You set a marker in front of us. You set an agenda in front of us. And together, from young and old, we're going to go chase after that to make the impact that you want in the area you want us to impact for your kingdom. And I pray today, Lord, that as we get ready to leave, Lord, I pray that, Lord God, we'd be encouraged and we would believe the promises that you have given us. Are true. are yes and amen. amen. Just a real quick question before I go, and then I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna hand it back to Pastor Jason. If you're here today, real quick, I'm not gonna get all churchy. If you're here today, it's as simple as this. If you're here today, and you say, Pastor, and I came in here this morning, and I was just, to be honest with you, I was a little discouraged, a little heavy. Just put your hand up so I can see. I want to pray for you. Let's be honest. Yeah, my hand would have been up with you maybe about last Sunday, okay? Let be real. My hand would have been right there with you just like this last Sunday. Yeah, thanks for being on. You know what? That's the family of God. We don't care. One minute you have your hand raised. Next minute we have our hand raised too. Are we right? If there's somebody by you, would you just put your hand on them? I want to pray. I want to pray for them. If there's somebody by you with their hand up, can you just come and put your hand on them on their shoulder? Just find somebody. Everybody got somebody? Are right, this move? Father, I, you see these hands that are lifted up. These are your sons and daughters. And so right now we just pray encouragement into their life. We pray that the struggle they're walking through, that they would see you in the struggle, in the trial. I pray that whatever the situation or position they would say, you know what, I'm a son, I'm a daughter of God, I won't be moved, I won't fall back, I won't retreat. I will stand in the anointing of God, I will stand in the power of the Holy Spirit, and I will be what God has called me to be. Right now we just break off every chain, we break off every attack of the enemy over these people right now in the name of Jesus, and we tell you to go right now. Go. Heaviness, go. Depression, go cares the world go these men and women will walk out of here today different by the power of the name of Jesus Christ ready to go on with their day and be what God has called them to be in the name of Jesus come on say amen love you guys man go on and walk with Jesus Pastor Jay Man one more time can we wait for the Lord? We thank God for Pastor Eddie and the word that he brought this morning.